mindfulness mode. I'm not like anyone else there. I said, oh, one day you'll be as famous as everybody else. Welcome to the five-year anniversary edition of Mindfulness Mode. My first episode went live on August 24th, 2015, and I want to thank you, Mindful Tribe, for helping to make this journey a success. I've invited past guests to help me celebrate over the next few episodes. So today you'll hear my friend, two-time guest, and supporter of the show since day one, J.J. Flazanes. And you can help celebrate too, Mindful Tribe. Leave me a quick message by going to speakpipe.com slash mindfulness mode. And all you have to do is hit record, record your message, and I will receive it. And I will play it on the air if I can possibly fit all those messages in. So send that to me. You'll also have a chance to win a, a mindfulness mode mug. So go for it, Mindful Tribe. I'd love to hear from you. Here's JJ. Bruce, congratulations. This is JJ Flazanes from Spirit, Purpose, and Energy. I have adored working with you over the years in the podcasting world. I've appreciated the information you've been able to come on and share on my show and for having me on Mindfulness Mode more than one time. So I appreciate our connection. I love what you're doing in the world. We need more of it. Congratulations on five years of podcasting and over 2 million downloads. That's amazing. And it speaks to the heart that you have to give the world and the healing that you want to offer and the sharing and the caring to connect us all, especially at a time where we need it the most. So Bruce, congratulations for a job well done. And I look forward to hearing more and more about your success to come. Now today, Mindful Tribe, I have another teacher from The Secret on the show, and she's also featured in the new movie, How Thoughts Become Things. This movie sheds new light on some of the ideas that were shared in that that movie, The Secret, back from 2006. The Secret was an international global phenomenon that inspired people everywhere to activate the law of attraction in their lives. And it certainly inspired me and a lot of my guests on the show. You've probably heard them talk about it. Now, this new movie, How Thoughts Become Things, is a movie that can change your life it can transition your mindset and it can help you move forward. And it kind of takes off where the secret left off. The secret told you what can happen and how thoughts become things tells you how to do it, how to make this happen. You might even want to have a watch party with your friends. Download the movie for just $19 and do what I did. Watch it not once, but let it inspire you over and over. So you can get the movie by going to my affiliate link. Go to mindfulnessmode.com slash howthoughts. And I really love this movie, so I encourage you to check it out. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Today, I'm with one of the world's top transformational leaders. She's a speaker, she's a best-selling author, and she's a renowned voice on the law of attraction. And we've talked a lot about that on the show. She's the only European star featured in the movie The Secret. And she has profound knowledge of energy, the law of attraction. She's studied quantum physics, meditation, feng shui, and dowsing, and has used this knowledge to empower 
individuals and organizations and corporations. She has more than 300,000 online students and her clients include billionaires, celebrities, writers, Fortune 500 companies and CEOs. And she's also a founding member of the Global Transformational uh, Leadership Council. Today, I'm honored and I really, really mean this. Man, this is terrific. I'm so honored to be with Marie Diamond. Marie, are you in mindfulness mode today? I totally are. And thank you so much for having me, Bruce, today. And I'm looking so far to be with all of you. Yes, it's exciting. And you're also in the new movie, How Thoughts Become Things. And I want to talk to you, first of all, about mindfulness. And what does mindfulness mean to you, Marie? Well, I think mindfulness for me is ultimately uh, finding that perfect balance between um, your uh, inner life um, of kindness and, and love and passion and how to connect with others and honor and respect um, their journey in life and how they think and feel. So finding that perfect balance where, you know, together you can grow and together you're on a journey that ultimately will benefit everyone. Uh, not just the communication between two people, but the communication between you and, and the community and the world. So it, it is actually how I feel about mindfulness. Well, Marie, speaking of how people think and feel, I know you've been involved in feng shui for a long time. Can you tell us how you got involved in that and why you got involved in that and what a difference it's made in your life? Yes, so um, I was already very focused on thoughts and feelings and meditation since I was seven years old. I had a very early spiritual teacher. And uh, so I was already very disciplined by 15 um, on how my thoughts would really create outcome, how being kind and mindful to other people's experiences and, and decisions. Um, so I was very early on in, in that journey. And at 15, I had um, a major thing happen to me. I had a, a car, I was run over by a truck and I had a near-death experience. And when I went through that near-death experience on the other side, they declared me dead actually for a, a, about a half hour, but I, I returned. And um, I really got that I was here for enlightening more than I was here to enlighten more than 500 million people. That was like the message that was given to me. And from that moment on, I asked my teachers when I came back, what did I do wrong? What, I mean, I've been so mindful. I've been so, you know, living from my heart, respecting people, being grateful. I mean, practicing a lot of the law of attraction already. And so my teacher said, well, Marie, this is all good, but your environment is not reflecting that. So the place where you sleep, the place where you work, it's really not a mindful uh, area for you. And I hated that place, to be honest. I hated my bedroom. It was like, you know, in that time, you would kind of get the hand downs from your sister to wear, but it was like, you got also the hand down room, right? It's like the, my sister left and so the room was given to me, but it was like her, her paintings, her ideas. And so I designed from that moment on my own space. I started learning about the basics and I always kept that in mind. And I practiced this for a long time and it helped me 
to really shift my life around from being bullied at school to attract friends, um, helped me in my career becoming a lawyer. And then when I was 31 and I started, you know, sharing uh, my information more publicly uh, about meditation, about feng shui, um, I started seeing that there was a missing link in many people's life where they are focusing so much on their mind, but they're forgetting that their home is also subconsciously reflecting the mind that they have. And so when we feel a certain way, we are expressing it uh, by colors, by, you know, things we put, put around us. And so I started really studying intensely and I became a feng shui master practitioner. And later on, I was accepted as a feng shui master. And I brought in the environmental piece to the self-development world because nobody was really talking about that. And so I always say, you know, you can have a vision board, you can have a vision, but if your home has a different vision than you, because your home is like a three-dimensional vision board, then it's harder to manifest things. And so what has it done for me in my life? Well, what I'm doing right now, by reaching millions of people, getting into the secret, uh, getting into other wonderful movies like How Dog Become Things, uh, reaching millions of people worldwide, I would not have done that because I would have been, I would think I would have stayed a lawyer in Belgium where I'm from, but uh, because I practiced literally what I have done, uh, what I've studied intensely, um, I became a global transformation leader. Well, I'm so interested to hear you mention that you were bullied because I have worked in bullying prevention for over 20 years. And I, I just wonder if you have a story you can tell us specifically about being bullied and how mindfulness would have made a difference back then. Well, for me personally, um, the first thing that really shifted, I mean, I was quite bullied at school. Um, I, they, they beat me up. Um, I was, you know, really put aside. Nobody could talk to me. It was very, very intense because I was already quite, um, you know, evolved in my thinking and I love mathematics and religion. I was not like the typical popular girl, as they would say. Um, but the first thing I really got that I had to stay mindful about these young women. And at, at a certain moment, that was like a breakthrough, the first breakthrough for me was that when they were in need of something and it was in a class and they needed to show something to the uh, teacher and they were missing a tool to show. And I was the only one that had that tool in the class. And I was like, at that moment I felt like, okay, I need to be mindful here. Um, if she doesn't have that, she will have, you know, she will have a straight F, right? Right. Um, right. If I give that to her, I mean, what does it matter to me? I have it, right? right? So I was like, I was mindful to be in her shoes. I was like thinking, what can I do? Even if she had the week before, you know, thrown me to the ground, pushed on me, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to give it. So she was scared to death to go to the teacher. And just as she was passing by, I gave the tool and I said, I think you need this. And it so shifted her perception of me that she starts standing up for the others. And because I could just put myself in the shoes of them, right? right. And that was, I mean, it was a big battle for me that like five minutes, like, do I give it? Don't I give it, right? And so that totally shifted my perception of um, 
getting into their shoes, getting into their way of thinking. And um, yeah, and interesting enough, this, this girl became a very good friend later. So oh. that was a real shift for me. Yeah. Such an interesting story. And you talked about growing up in Belgium. Was Belgium a place that embraced mindfulness and law of attraction thinking? What was it like growing up there? Well, it's a Catholic country. It was very strict Catholic, like 95% at that time. Um, so a lot of attraction, spirituality and mindfulness, they were not words, but I would say the people of Belgium are very kind people. Yeah, they're always looking for a compromise. They are always looking like, what can I do? Can I help them? Um, like, there's always trying to find a middle ground. That's kind of how we are raised. And we try always to be of service to community. So I was raised by uh, parents that were very community driven, um, helping you know anyone that needed help in the, in the neighborhood. So it, it was like, I feel like Belgian people are quite mindful people as, a, as an, and it's part of their nature, to be honest. Right. So um, I'm happy about that, <laughs> that I grew up there, to be honest. Yeah, I had a feeling it was like that, but I've never had a chance to ask anyone who actually is from there. So that's that's interesting. Now, you were one of the founding members of the Global Transformational Leadership Council. Can you tell us what that was like putting that together and getting some of those original members on board and tell us a little bit about that council? Well, you know, the Transformation Leadership Council is a, an, an idea from Jack Canfield. So Jack Canfield went to many um, conventions where like the doctors would come together and the chiropractors and the educators, and he would be a keynote speaker. And he was never invited to like a circle where people that were top people in the transformational, the self-development, the, the mindful um, movement. So that did not exist. And so he felt like he wanted to talk to peers and he sometimes saw his peers, like when he go on stage, the others went off stage. So they barely connected with each other, perhaps a, a fast lunge or, but um, he felt like if they would come together. So he invited us um, like about 16 years, 17 years ago already, um, he invited us in his living room. He brought 30 of his friends together. And the thing was, all these people, I would say 29 of them were top already. They had sold millions of books. They connected uh, with millions of people already at that time. And there was this one person, that was me, that just had moved to America a year before. And I just had delivered, you know, just a beautiful little girl. And so I had already, I would say about a thousand students at that time and had some celebrity clients. Amongst them, there were several transformation leaders that were in that room and also Jack Canfield. And Jack said, I want somebody that represents Europe. I want you to come. And I said, but Jack, I'm not like anyone else there. He said, oh, one day you'll be as famous as everybody else. And so he brought me into the room and that's how I got in the Transformation Leadership Council because at that time I was his uh, spiritual mentor and I was supporting him in his journey. And so he felt he needed me to be present. And that's how I actually got in it. So it's, you know, law of attraction probably, right? Um, but it was amazing to see. And it was new for a lot of these uh, teachers because, 
you know, we're always or mentored by or we are teaching, but we are never together with peers. So every six months, we since then, we come together for five days somewhere in the world where um, the top leaders globally are just joining in um, mindful, mindful practices, um, you know, having time together to 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 share our newest information, but also to meditate together, to do our Qigong together or yoga, whatever. So for five days, it's just really amazing for each one of us because we are re-energizing ourselves because we're all such a givers. And at the same time that we give to each other. And so deep friendships have come along from there. So yeah, it's one of my greatest things that um, I'm still super grateful to Jack that he invited me that, that day to his living room. That's wonderful. And Jack is such a humble, gracious man. I've interviewed him for the show. He's he's absolutely wonderful. Now, I'm just curious, how many of those original people were women and how many were men? I just find this fascinating. Um, I think there were about 30% women, 70% men. Yes. Well, I find that for my show, even though I would think that a lot of women are in tune with mindfulness, I find that more men end up reaching out to me, more men just kind of fall into this place. And I have to uh, sort of consciously look for women in order to keep a balance of men and women. Why do you think that is? Mm, I don't know. Um, it's like, I think sometimes as a woman, you you have to make some choices sometimes with family and, and partnership. I have uh, the great luck that I have a partner for 30 years that has you know, totally supported my journey and my vision in the world and has said, you know, my vision is to help your vision manifest. So it's been an honor to have him as my partner. And so it, it's sometimes that support that you need as a woman to move forward, right? Your environment has to be the right the right way. And, and um, I don't know why that exactly is. I feel in my in my students, I have about 55% women, 45% men, what is quite a good balance compared with some other teachers. Um, but I think once men get it, right, once men get how to do this work, I've always, that's my experience, they go like deeper in it and they go longer for it. Yeah, they have like, once they see how um, this experiences, this new thought process, that that new way to behave, the new discipline they're creating, it, it feels like they are going deeper and longer into it. Yeah, I see this with all my top clients, my celebrity clients. Sometimes the woman brings me in and then it's the man that continues. I it's see. very interesting. Or the women will say, I want you to come and function in my home. And then it's the man that says, oh, I want you to do my business or I want you to mentor me personally. So it's quite interesting. And then, you know, I, I don't know if women don't always have such a, um, the, the time sometimes, the uh, strength, the, the discipline, the support to go deeper and longer into such a process. But once the women do, they're all in for sure. Yes. Um, but I know I've seen this, 
it's improved, you know, because I remember when I started in Belgium, I was the only motivational spiritual teacher uh, with all men around me. And they were very upset, actually, at that time that a young woman, I was 31, would start speaking about this and said, where do you get this information from? And so they were not welcoming me. So perhaps also the men in this world um, need to welcome a little bit more the women, because I have seen this sometimes that um, you know, women in this world, as teachers, as speakers, they have to fight a little bit harder. It's like in the rest of the, unfortunately, um, world out there. It, it's the same fight I had to do as a lawyer, you know, before working for the government and the European government. I had to fight a little bit harder, um, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, right. Congratulations, Bruce Langford. This is Kim O'Neill, and I wanted to wish you a huge congratulations on this milestone that you've reached with Mindfulness Mode. Five years, 582 episodes. Oh my goodness. That is phenomenal. And I remember when I was on your show, you just are so good at hosting, but also just being that messenger about mindfulness and bully prevention and taking care of others as well as taking care of ourselves. And so you know what? Just wanted to wish you well and say you're doing an amazing job. I'm honored to know you and have been a guest on your show. And I'm wishing you many, many, many more awesome episodes and years to follow with all the good that you're putting out there in the world. Thank you for being who you are. And I hope you are definitely taking time to celebrate. Congratulations. I mentioned in the intro that you are involved in dousing and we haven't talked a lot about this on the show. And I wonder if you will share with Mindful Tribe, what is dousing and how did you get involved with it and, and what is the power behind it? So dowsing is really finding the energy uh, that is in the magnetic field of the earth. So the druids, the shamans of all, um, I would say, um, areas in the world, they were always looking for positive, the best places to, to pray, first of all, they were looking for best places to build their temples, their churches, and then also for the, uh, the castles, they would always look for what we call the most positive places. So in England, for example, they call them ley lines, right? So like think about Stonehenge, right? Everybody knows that. So um, the, the Druids would look for where are these positive energy flows. And when they, they found the crossing of this energy flow, then they would build like a circle of stones around it. Or like in Paris, they would build a Notre Dame or, you know, they would pit, uh, build temples. So in all cultures, that knowledge was always looked for, both in Egypt, as in Rome or in India or everywhere in the world. There were always people that could see or feel that there were certain energy spots that just, you know, opened up the vibration, right? And that there are certain areas that are not so positive. And so in, in Europe, in ancient Europe, in every village, there was a dowser. So they would not even build a place, yeah, when the dowser would say no to it. So he would tune in and there was working with dowsing sticks, there would be wooden sticks. Now we work with uh, more metal sticks to do that. And we check out how is the energy level. So myself, I got involved in it because my father passed away when I was 25 from, from a stomach and a liver cancer. And um, I always, as a child, I could see the vibration and I could see that he was on a negative spot. But, you know, that's kind of, you know, where his bed was. 
And once he died, my mother started really being very sick. And so then I, I brought in a first dowser and checking this out. And, and my father was sleeping on what we call geopathic stress zones. So that means underground water. So fault lines. So when you sleep on it, you know, over not within a few months, but years sleeping on it, it actually dehydrates the body. It uh, brings the immunity system down. And the crossing of these two stress zones, as we found two of them, were exactly on his stomach and his liver. So it means that the difficulty of, of always sleeping on that place, it would bring, I would say it breaks down the immunity the most where that immunity uh, problem is. And so I've seen this over the, doing this for 25 years that when people I come in, I literally can douse people in person in the rooms or even virtually I can, when I see it online and I can tell them where the cancers are. I can tell them where the, the problems are because that is where the, the zones are. Now, and we can cure it. There, there are systems in place. The Egyptians found systems to cure that. Um, it's like acupuncture in a way. So we look where the blockages are and then the acupuncture put a little needle somewhere to open up the space and the energy. And so dowsing is also you put in where that energy is blocking, you put a, a needle, literally you use a metal needle um, in the, um, on the floor and then the energy is moving differently. And I have done this work for like 25 years. Um, it's really interesting to see. We have more than 200,000 students on that alone online because this is something very easy to learn. But um, the changes that happen in people's life are amazing. So immediately people feel more optimistic in a house when they cure that. Um, they feel there's more harmony. So the conflicts go down, the depression energy goes down. Uh, people make more, um, have more ideas of creativity. So they, because of that, they start uh, easier businesses or they thrive better with their businesses. Um, when, for example, there's a crossing of ley lines, a crossing of negative lines uh, on the on the womb, that's something I experienced. I had miscarriage after miscarriage. So after curing that, um, that's how I got really more involved with it. I got my little girl and I've, you know, one of my nicknames is the baby maker. So <laughs> people <laughs> call me for that. And so I cure that. And then, you know, uh, whatever treatment they're doing, it's much easier. And they even sometimes naturally get uh, the finding the, the, the way to, to get pregnant. So it's very interesting. I do this a lot for businesses. And when I come into business areas, um, I can tell them where's the person that always gets the most sick or is the most uh, on sick leave or makes the most mistakes. We, we cure it and then people stop being on sick leave, the energy, the atmosphere in the, the business changes. I can tell, I can, I can douse and, and go into somebody's company and say, oh, this area, you, you have a hard time to always sell that product in that corner. Oh, we tried anything there. Okay, so we douse it, we cure it, and then we see it literally on the camera. People start going right first to that place and start buying. It's the most amazing thing. It's, it's increasing the positive magnetic field of the earth. And it's, um, it's a very ancient system. I just kind of made it more connected with the quantum physics field of the environment and how it changes the mindsets. And um, 
I love doing this because I see the big shift and I love teaching because if everybody would know that, then they can help their friends and family all around. Wow, that is fascinating. That's wonderful work that you've done. And I know that you were featured in the movie The Secret quite a number of years ago. And I'd like to have you tell us what is the the difference between being in the movie How Thoughts Become Things? I know that it's kind of a different take at the Law of Attraction. Can you talk to us about that, Marie? So The Secret was like the first, um, like a foundational movie, right? So it was like the first time that this topic was addressed. Um, and there were different angles um, put in the movie, like it was towards health and towards gratitude and towards peace and towards romance. That was my piece. So there were, it was like, I always would say like an encyclopedia of different topics that were connected with the law of attraction. And of course, that just opened up the space for so many people that haven't heard of it or people that knew about it, but uh, were practicing it. But couldn't even give it a name. And now suddenly it had a name. Yeah. So of course the secret is, I would say the classic, it's like, I call it the Casablanca of transformational movies. Yeah. It right. will be forever a classic. Right. Um, but then there are other movies that have come forward and how thought become things is a movie that starts really focusing on the mindset. It's just specifically how thoughts uh, can create things because that is mentioned a few times in the movie The Secret, but it was not elaborated, yeah? Right. So Douglas Ramirez, who is the producer of How Thought Become Things, felt like that was an important piece to focus on. And we see indeed that since this uh, changes in the world with the COVID, that people have been really feeling this is such a great movie for them because it's not just a foundation, it goes deeper into how to really change the mindset and how the mindset is affecting and how you can really, by very practical little things, can change that around. So I think it was the right movie for this right time. And it is a great movie. I've watched it a number of times. And okay. Mindful Tribe, you can get a hold of this movie by going to mindfulnessmode.com slash howthoughts. And I think the movie is around $20 or so, and it's well worth it because you'll want to watch yeah. it over and over and over. It's like, like Marie says, yeah, so much parties. information. What's and that? Watch parties, right? So, bring friends together have watch parties yes you know it's just it's amazing we've seen so many watch parties happening um because right now all the help we can use to go through these transformational times it's so important it is very important now you've helped so many people marie can you tell us a story about someone who has had a transformation that you've worked with uh, just a, a story about about a particular client or person you've worked with Yes, of course. So um, I'm, I'm thinking about um, a person that she was um, all the time feeling she was in uh, victim mode. So she was saying to me, like, nothing is going right. And I was listening to her and I'm like, OK, this is quite interesting, very um looking always at the dark side of the moon, right? So it, it was very hard for her. And she felt she was all the time criticized by her family, her friends, uh, her business. And um, so I said, okay, let me come into your home and let's go look also to your business. 
And so the first thing was really interesting. People are not even aware of how their home is so influencing them. I call it the missing link of mindfulness, to be honest. Um, so they, they, she comes in and the first image as she opens the door is a, a very expensive uh, painting. And on it, it was like quite chaotic, but on it says the word victim. Really? I know, right? <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> okay, so it, it, the first thing you see when you walk in, you always want something pleasant, welcoming, picture of your family, you know, picture, you know, picture there's a landscape, flowers, a candle, something that you feel like, oh, I'm at home, right? Yes. I come yes. from this busy world out there. I open the door. So she came in, it was quite dark, all chaotic and, and quite big, the word victim. And I said to her, well, that's what you've been saying to yourself subconsciously because your home is giving you subconsciously, constantly, 24 hours a day messages. As you sleep, as you work, as you live, everything around you gives you messages. And it's like a signal to your brain, right? So I said, this is the wrong signal, right? So let's move that away, right? And then um, I go to her uh, bedroom and uh, in her bedroom above her headboard, which is also a very important place, is um, was all this, um, there were images of two tigers, yeah, laying together. But you know, when you know two tigers, they um, they don't like to be too too much together unless if they are pairing, right? Right. So right. she said, otherwise they quite fight quickly. And she said, I said, how is it going in a relationship? I said, we're always fighting. And we're, I said, did you do you fight in the living room or you only start fighting in your bedroom? Oh, only when we're in the bedroom, because. Imagine that these two light, these two tigers would really be there all the time. Would you fall asleep? You wouldn't. You, no. So no. the subconscious mind doesn't make a difference between an image and reality. So if that's the last image you see before you go to sleep, you are never going to be completely safe. So she felt very tired, had a hard time falling asleep, hard time waking up, both partners. So we moved that away. And they start having wonderful conversations. You know, she started feeling uplifted. So there were like two things, of course, there's many others, but there were like two crucial things. And then I went to her office and in her office, she it was really interesting. Um, it was a big company in, in Hollywood and she was the CEO of the company. So female CEO and um, 100 male um, uh, employees. And as I walked into their um, office, there were all nudes hanging out, beautiful nudes. But I mean, I came in and I first thought I was in the wrong place. I thought I was in the escort service, to be right. honest. Right. right. And I opened the door and I'm like, oh, I'm in the wrong place. And, and she said, no, no, Marie, you're in the right place. And I'm like, oh, but this was a company that was helping out uh, with um, creating, um, I would say, the software for movies. So. I said to her, well, do you feel vulnerable here? Do you feel like it's hard to get women to come in uh, to be employees? I said, do you have problems with your uh, employees to really respect you? She said, oh, all these things. I said, well, as you're walking, as all your employees have to walk, they walk all the time passing, and I counted them, 35 nudes, right? Wow. And I said, you're telling, I'm, you're undressed. You're, you know, it's not uh, a respectful uh, energy. So I asked her to move everything around, put all images up from uh, the movies that she had um, helped create. 
And so that the people that would come in, they would all the time remind themselves, I'm working on this movie, I'm working on this movie. They were focusing on their job. They were not focusing on, you know, frivolity and sexuality, let's put it this way. And so she saw, first of all, more women started spontaneously coming to her company asking to be working there. That was the first thing. The second thing, she felt much more respect when she said something, people followed up. The third thing was she increased within six months to 10% more profit. And she was very profitable already without doing anything else because suddenly everybody was focused on their job. Yeah. So it is, it's really interesting when people look at the energy of a space, um, it always increases the profit. I always say 10 to 15% minimum we see within a year. We always see that sick leave drops dramatically right? Because people feel more in harmony in the space when I work with it. Um, people feel there's much more collaboration, there's more respect for each other. So I would say they create a mindful uh, space to live and work in. Wow, that's a, that's a great story, Marie. Marie, as we move forward, I'd like to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are yeah. perfect. Okay. The first one is this, who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? I would say my children, um, they are new generation children. And so they have, you know, really they are uh, totally connected in with um, respect and justice for all races and generations. And they, they inspire me all the time. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Marie? Well, I would say it definitely balanced my emotions out. I'm a very passionate person, um, but through mindfulness, I definitely became more optimistic and coming out of quite a depressed uh, youth, I would say, it definitely made me much more optimistic. Tell us about breathing. How has breathing been part of your mindfulness practice? Well, you know, I meditate every day. I teach people meditation. And so the first part of meditation is always breathing. And especially uh, from feng shui perspective, for us, breathing is connecting with the mountain energy. So when we breathe in, we're focusing on the prana or the mountain chi, as we call it. So to focus on, on the highest vibration of air there is in the room. And then when you breathe out, let go of the sha chi, the, the most negative chi in your body, stress, worries, and to breathe it out and to let it go. So this is how we always work on breathing. It is an, a, a first foundational part of any meditation. Now, Marie, I know that you are a best-selling author and you have your book, The Energy Number Book, and Transform Your Life. You have written some wonderful books. Uh, I want to ask you if you can recommend a book that you feel could help people with mindfulness. The book that recently has been really guiding my, uh, it's called The Book of Ichigo Ichi. I don't know if you ever heard of that. No, I haven't. Uh, the art of making the most of every moment in the Japanese way. Okay. And this is such a mindful book, right? I just, it's been my uh, summer book. Uh, I've been reading about it. It's like mindfulness, but the Japanese version by uh, drinking tea and um, connecting with every moment of, of life in a, in a very mindful way. It's been an eye opener for me. And Marie, can you show us that book again? I want to make sure I get the title. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, I can't quite, oh, there you go. I-C-H-I-G-O and then I-C-H-I-E. Okay. So 
Yeah, I'll put that in our show notes and I'll, I'll get a hold of that book because I have not read it. That's why I had to look at it because it's a, it's a Japanese word and I, you know, I don't always recall that, but the book of Ichigo Ichi, that's been my mindful book this uh, summer. Are there any apps at all that you could recommend or that any of your clients use? So um, I have a few apps myself. So, um, but my Mary Diamond app has a daily message and it's for free where it's always a, a moment of mindfulness. And then of course, I am um, also um, one of the teachers on the, the app Solvana. That is an app from Mind Valley that has amazing um, meditations on it and podcasts. So these are like the two apps that I use. I use my own app all the time, yeah. every morning. <laughs> I, I wrote myself the messages, but I still use it every day. And a lot of people love it because it has um, a first start of um, um, feng shui on it, but also it has a meditation on it. So um, so these are the two apps that I use. Right, and that's time. the Mind Valley app. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called Solvana. Oh, Solvana. Solvana. Silvana. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. We'll put that in our show notes as well. And I know that you mentioned that you meditate every day. Can you tell us what your meditation is like? Now, this isn't one of the 30 second answer questions. Okay. You can expand on this one a little <laughs> bit. I'm in, yeah. I'm interested to know about your meditation practice, Marie. So um, this is a meditation that I started doing when I was seven years old and my master called it the tubes of light. And so it actually has four components in it. And the first one is always to connecting with the light, that you're the light of the universe and we're filling our body completely with light and our aura field. So we are re-vibrating and reconnecting with the universal force of light. The second part is all about um, claiming your power and, and connecting again with your creative power and also protecting that light that you just created. You know, just we are not cleaning only our inner space, but we are protecting then what we have created. And the third aspect is gratitude and support, opening up yourself to um, having all the support and the love that there is in the, in the universe for you, even if these are people or there can be divine beings or masters or guides or angels. So because so many people are there to be the light, but they forget to open up to be supported and to be loved. And um, the fourth step is forgiveness. So it's always, and it works with colors. So it works with white, uh, blue, uh, rose, and then violet is the forgiveness. And we are clearing every day anything that limits us, um, things that we know, things that we don't know, things that are perhaps karmically, things from past lives, things from our ancestors. So we're clearing that every day. So we call it the Tubes of Light. It's on my free app, actually. And there are right now about a million people that listen to that meditation every day and have been practicing it. And it is a very short five minutes. Um, of course, um, I have elaborated towards that. I have a whole practice called the Inner Diamond Meditation, where we work with 24 colors to, um, because colors for us are vibrations. And that goes beyond uh, there are frequencies that go beyond religion, beyond race. So my students work with 24 colors to um, vibrate on that color, but also to radiate that color to do a lot of healing in the world. So um, so that's inner diamond practice that I created, but I received from my spiritual teacher um, 
starting at seven years old. Wow. Marie, it is fascinating talking to you. You've done so many things and helped so many people, and it's just been a tremendous pleasure. Where's the best way to connect with you, Marie? Well, the best way, of course, is going to mariediamond.com, and there is um, a link where it says, get your free energy report. So if you want to really start going into uh, changing the energy of your space, right, then you go to that space and you are putting in your birthday and your gender, and you get, uh, based on that, your energy number and the best place in your home to activate your success. Because depending on the birthday, it's different for everyone. And so uh, you find your success place and it will give you a report with all the steps that you need to take. And of course, they can find more about me on my YouTube channel and on Instagram, Marie Diamond 8 and also TikTok now. So um, there's many places that you, you can find me. Looking forward. And it's mariediamond.com and it's M-A-R-I-E-D-I-A-M-O-N-D mariediamond.com. Thank you again for being on the show, Marie. Thank you so much, Bruce. And it was lovely. And good luck with Mindfulness Mode. Thanks so much. Bye now. Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Thanks for listening to the show once again. I'd love to share your five-year anniversary congrats message. Go to speakpipe.com slash mindfulness mode. I'll repeat that. Go to speakpipe.com com slash mindfulness mode and you'll see a record button just hit record leave me a quick message and i'll get as many as possible on the show and you will have a chance to win an exclusive mindfulness mode mug so uh, don't wait just make that make that happen get that message out there also hear Marie Diamond in the terrific new movie, How Thoughts Become Things, and you can get it at mindfulnessmode.com slash howthoughts. So it's an excellent movie. I highly recommend it. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode. <laughs>